All right. You want to count us down? Oh, I sure will. Ready? Three, two, one. Hey everybody, uh, welcome back to another episode of You Can't Be Sick on Mondays. Uh, my name is Samson. And I'm Rebecca, with a K. <laughs> Hell yeah. And yes. uh, we're talking about identity in the workplace today. Yeah. Um, some pros and cons, hopefully some some fun stuff, some funny stuff about identity in the workplace. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, we might get into some things that are like less fun about it, but... Um, yeah, let's let's jump into it. Um, Are we allowed to say that? What? Let's jump into it. Is Why? that like allowed? Well, is is that something that's like copywritten? Is it? No, I'm thinking of just do it. <laughs> you thought that the Nike uh, byline was it. just jump into it. You know, I Let's would buy. Jump into it. I would buy a sweater with the Nike symbol, and it says "just jump into it." I would buy that. Well, I, you might be a sole. Um, I don't know. Comment down below. <laughs> um, write us a review and tell us: Would you buy a ju- let just jump? What is it? Just jump into it. Let's yes. jump into it. T-shirt or just, or hoodie. Just jump into it. Jump into with it. a Nike swish. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's called a swish. Yeah, it's oh, called I, a swish. I always thought it was a check mark. Like you get it, you did it, you just did I it. I mean, it might be a check mark. I always call it the Nike swish. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's what I've heard other people call it. We should ask what it identifies as, so it fits into this <laughs> podcast episode. <laughs> Do you identify as a swish or a check mark? <laughs> We've just identified the new the new gender, everyone. Yes. The Nike Swish. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Have you seen um I know you've been off TikTok, but there was this older trend going around where they said, What are your pronouns wrong answers only? And I feel like <laughs> like we could say swish and check mark. Like <laughs> Swish and check mark, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so identity in the workplace. You probably have a lot more to say about this than I do as someone who is, um, I'm cisgender woman. Raw. Um, <laughs> hear me roar. Where's my wine? Live, laugh, love. <laughs> I think, listen, I, <laughs> this is hilarious, but you're not well you're not straight which i feel like we could get into as well but um i think that anybody who's not a cis straight white man Mm. probably has something to say that is constructive and like moves the conversation forward about um identity in the workplace or just identity in general so sorry to all the cis straight white men out there who are listening (laughs) Um, Jeff. But you better listen up because <laughs> we got stuff to say. Yeah, Jeff, listen. <laughs> Poor Jeff. Yeah, so I have a little bit of a story. Um, when I was working at the police department, I guess I should mention this if you're new to listening. 
um, and didn't read our descriptors. I worked in law enforcement. I worked in law enforcement for about 10 years from 2010 to mid 2020. It was weird to call it 2020 and not 2020. Yeah, it's, that's, that's like odd. It's weird. <laughs> weird to say. <laughs> so, anyways, I was in I was in the industry for 10 years. I did many things. I wore many hats. Dispatcher, records person. I worked a little bit at community development, helping people with building permits. Um, I was a probation officer, and then I worked at a police department in a management role um, as the records director, and. This was something I dealt with at the police department. So in the last six years of my 10-year career, there was this this insult, I guess, um, going around the office. And it was started by a couple of officers, male, white. And they would, anytime a new officer would come in uh, who was not female, I guess, they only did it to the male officers and the male officers did it to each other. And when they'd come in to switch shifts or, you know, take over shift or whatever you call it, um, the officers would say, there she is, there she is. And I know that's a pretty like common thing that happens with blue collar workers and, you know, things like that. But are cops, are cops blue collar workers or are they thin blue collar workers? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I love and hate that. <laughs> Anyways, um, so they were doing that for a while, and I caught wind of it. I did not like it. I thought it was derogatory. I thought it was using a pronoun inappropriately, and uh, they were using it to be insulting. They weren't using it to uplift or anything. And so I went in there with my big girl pants on and I said, shut the fuck up. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Thank goodness. And I said, please don't use my gender as an insult anymore. And they're like, oh, come on, come on. You know, because that's how cops talk. They go, come on. (laughs) Um, You know, when they're not, you know, telling you to put your hands up and open the car door. They're just going, come on. Oh, my God. So, anyways, I could go on and on and on. On and on and on and on and on and on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm so sorry, listeners, today. But, um, yeah, so they were using she as an insult. And it's not an insult. It's, nah. you know, it, I could go into a lot of reasons why it's not an insult. But I told them to knock it off. And they did, which I thought was pretty incredible. But also I think they did because they were a little bit afraid of me. Yeah, that's definitely part of it. Your presence in particular was probably uh, a huge reason for that adjustment. But, I mean, it it pays to be uh, kind of intimidating. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I'm big, I'm tall. I'm loud. I had no problem telling them to shut up. I had no problem telling them to fuck off. And I had no problem writing them up. And so they knew this. (laughs) And and it wasn't that I led with fear. It's they understood that where I was coming from was a place of fairness, but also a place of they knew better. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it was just kind of like, you guys, knock it off. Like, this is childish and hurtful. 
And so what was kind of interesting, though, so I guess this is like a pro of that happening. Um, it opened up some dialogue that happened shortly after that. Um, there were a lot of things happening in the news with uh, trans rights and the bathroom conversation, oh, which yeah, is like over and over and over, right? And so it opened up this dialogue for the officers to come to me and be like, well, we know that there are trans people, but we want we want to know what to say and how to interact um, because we don't want to isolate or alienate the, the citizens of our city. And I live in a pretty small city, so it was kind of like, if you did things like that, it got around. And so the officers, it wasn't like they're trying to be sneaky or anything. They really wanted to know how to treat people who were identifying as trans, who hadn't transitioned or who were starting or, you know, and they wanted to be respectful of that. And so I do think me coming off a bit strong with, with their insulting behavior in, in a roundabout way led to open conversations about identity and i thought that was kind of the silver lining <laughs> yeah well it's an interesting thing that they that that's where that led to and i i will say you know to anyone listening who well okay let me put it this way i think so like a solution to that probably is like just ask people their pronouns yes like very easy to do it's becoming a lot more normalized i think in like um definitely in the nonprofit circles uh, definitely in um, uh, school environments are a little bit better at it, uh, depending on where you are. Um, yeah, certain communities are just about it. And, yeah. or just leading with like, when you're introducing yourself, like at all the Zoom meetings that I go to these days, it's, hi, I'm Sam, I use he, they pronouns, and then we continue on with whatever it is mm -hmm. um and that's just like normal um there are a lot of people who are cis who get very offended by that oh and there's some trans people who do um who who get asked um and i and and those folks their reasoning is like i look like a woman i i sound like a woman like i try very or for the trans people like i try very hard to look like a binary uh, woman or man or whatever and so they get very upset that someone would ask as if like it's not obvious but like I think that's the point is like it shouldn't be like an obvious thing that's like we shouldn't attach certain um attributes of femininity or masculinity to an assigned gender just for the sake of of like it's continuing the construct you know, yeah, it's continuing uh, yeah. the binary. And I I understand when someone has worked very hard to to look the way they feel on the inside and they've worked very hard and they've spent money and they've done right. vocal training and they've done surgery and whatever they've done to to identify opposite or whatever um that they were born with. It, I, I think, yeah, I, I can understand they're, they're offended, like being offended by that, but also like first thought, second thought, oh, I'm offended that you don't automatically know I'm a woman. And then second thought, oh, but I'm glad they're asking, 
you know, and, and I just hope that they're having that second thought. But sometimes I think what you're saying is they don't, they're just offended. Yeah, it's hard. I think it's hard sometimes for people to get beyond that, um, that first thought. I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen in online spaces. And often those people, no offense, they're usually conservative. They're usually like, even, yes, there are transgender conservatives out there. (laughs) Um, And... Yeah, it's a weird thing. They 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 pair it back this like, oh, I guess like my idea isn't important or like my my feelings are important to you. And it's like, no, it's like we're we're collectively trying to be sure that we're all being respectful and like I don't know, where is she her pronouns pin? I don't fucking know. Like Yeah. <laughs> I can't like not so, there I know a lot of cis people recently who have decided to use they them pronouns in addition to she or he and like that and they're still cis and they still identify as a woman or a man and like they just added that on and like i don't think that that like i don't know i'm not really sure how you're supposed to know that information unless you asked or they told you so like right you know what is the problem with yeah asking for that information i think there are a lot of binary trans people who have the addition of they them pronouns as well and don't identify as non-binary like I don't know. Like, I think we can still, (laughs) I think we can still offer that in the conversation as well. You know, like there are anyways. Well, and this is, you're, you're giving great examples of just day to day. So now with our topic, folding it into identity in the workplace. Right. And the confusion and the stuff that can happen there with supervisors, with managers, with coworkers, and all that stuff. And we'll, we'll dive into that. But I did want to say, at at least in the state of California, this is years old now, I don't remember when this law came out, but um, it was required that they would ask pronouns, and it was required that they would put the preferred gender, and they differentiated um, Mm -hmm. sex, gender, and pronouns. Mm-hmm. on our alpha cards which an alpha card is just like your person record you get a ticket you now have an alpha card which says like your name and now preferred pronoun your gender your sex and the reason they would differentiate gender and sex was because of what the educators were saying about how you can have a sex of female but a gender of male and it's just like Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm going to back this up a little bit because I have a lot of thoughts on this. And I'm not necessarily like the the authority on any of this. I will just, I'm just sharing my personal thoughts. But Tell me. there are a few things that I hear being talked about in the trans community that I've also heard in like educational spaces around gender. Um, so one thing. Um, I don't use preferred pronouns because the word preference insinuates that there is an option to say other pronouns. Um, Mm. And in my mind, it's not a preference. They just are pronouns. Maybe it's preferred for that day for some people that use multiple pronouns. Uh, Maybe it's preferred in the space that they're in because I know a lot of trans people use alternative uh, pronouns in in spaces surrounded by other trans people. But like, you know, uh, she he or they in like other spaces that don't involve trans people um so i just say pronouns and and i i think like i I think about this in terms of forms for 
for like the police but also forms like medical forms and like intake forms um and anything like on in uh on an intake for like online you know typing in your email to sign up for something like i think if you're going to add pronouns i think it should just say pronouns um right and also let it be a checkbox that you can check multiple or like write it in or something yeah <laughs> I hate that when it's only one option. I'm like, what am I? Sp- I have it's to pick one now. The binary. Like, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, yeah. so then there's there's also you're right with the difference between gender and sex, um, but uh, so sex would be female and male or intersex, um, and then gender would be like a man or woman. Whereas you, I know you probably didn't even think about it too much, but you said that there could be you know someone whose sex is female but identifies as male mm. in gender but i think and there and there are people who who use male and female still as their gender and i'm not gonna like disclude that but i know there are also a lot of people like myself who mm. who prefer not to use sex categories as my identity gender. marker gender wise because to me there's a big difference and like I think it gets so muddy and confusing, at least for me personally, because I have like divorced gender and sex in my mind. So like there's such a difference that like yeah. I don't identify as uh, male really. Like I, I don't know, if I stop testosterone tomorrow, I could still have kids, you know, like mm-hmm. not tomorrow, but like, you know what I mean? Like if I stopped for a while, the av- the ability to do that would still be available to me and I and I'm not saying that that's like a woman thing I'm saying that's like innately a female thing I think if I maybe had like you know a full sex change if that's what we want to call it or like full gender reassignment surgery which I don't love calling it that either um but anyways you know if I went all the way with that like I maybe would call myself male I'm not really sure though it just like it doesn't even make a difference to me really because in what context is that important other than when I have to go to a gynecologist or a doctor to like talk about what's going on inside my body you know (laughs) I don't know I and I don't know why the state has to know what's in my pants I don't know why the federal government needs to know what's in my pants like I don't understand I don't get it like I don't even really understand why they need to know my gender like my if you have something that part of that well, I just don't understand if you know my height, my eye color, my hair color, my name, a photo of me. Like, why do you also need to know how I identify? You know what I mean? Like, that to me doesn't make any sense. But if right. you have an answer, I'd love to know because it doesn't compute. Yeah. So, again, this was years ago when they came out with this. And it's obviously updated and changed as, obviously, like you said, gender does not mean female male. It's boy girl you know or man Man, woman or or something else which yeah we'll see when they acknowledge that (laughs) well and so i i remember when um the sex category uh it was male female intersex and that's the categories and then it became male female intersex other male female intersex other unknown and they just kept adding to it. And then under gender, they were changing that too. Because it just, it updates, you know, as yeah. information. And one of the purposes, because I I was one of those people where I was like, why, how, how do you even ask that when you're just giving someone a ticket for speeding? Like, that's really ridiculous. And, and why they does weren't, it matter? <laughs> they weren't asking. They were just going off of the, the ID that they were mm-hmm. given. And I was like, oh, okay. 
And so then I was digging deeper and I was like, so why, why is it differentiated? Like, so I started reading the laws as to why they were doing this and why we had to do this. And one of the biggest reason reasons was for uh, institutionalizing individuals. So they wanted to make sure that people were put in the correct correctional facilities, whatever Big that air means. quotes around quote correct yes. correctional facilities. <laughs> well, and and this is a story. When I was a probation officer, I went to the jail to interview someone who who had committed a crime and got themselves in jail and so I was interviewing them to see if they would qualify for probation and I walk in and this woman is sitting in front of me and I go are you and it was a man's name and it said male and a date of birth Mm. and I was like I think I'm so sorry I think they brought me the wrong inmate we can just chat for a little bit and they said no they didn't and I was like, but okay. <laughs> and so I'm asking them, what do you, what's your name? You know, like, what, what is your name? And yeah. so she told me her name and she told me everything she's gone through, very visibly, outwardly feminine presenting and yeah. wanted to be recognized as a woman. Yeah. They put her in general population with the men because their sex organ was male and i i was very upset (laughs) and this is in 2012 by the way people this is old california has since changed has since updated Mm -hmm. they offer more protection to people who are trans in institutions but it it begs the question why are cops asking these questions? Why are they doing these things? And it's for institutionalizing them. It's so that they can institutionalize people and, and categorize them. Abolish and, prisons. Yes. <laughs> and so They're upholding gender stereotypes and norms. <laughs> they really are. And I just felt this person was completely unsafe being fully female presenting and, and having breasts and having you know and i'm just like they're in general population with men and that's scary because men kill trans people like you know and i so that was frightening we we don't have to keep this in because it's very scary stuff but um, i mean i think we should personally because even though it is scary it is a reality like we just passed a law in i was trying to look it up um, Maine Transnet, uh, an organization I'm on the steering committee for, just ch- just passed a law last legislative session um, so that there are more pro- protections for people who are trans in incarcerated systems um, yeah. and basically giving them the chance to choose where they want to be placed. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, reform, I could go on and on about reform. Me too. That's a different but episode. That's It is a different episode. Yeah. But, we could talk about but, AB 109. We can talk about all that stuff that happened for reforming in California and what it did and didn't do. Yeah. Well, the one thing that was positive that I did think of in the midst yes. of all of this conversation about gender was um, I substitute taught for a month <laughs> for a very 
flash in the pan moment of 2021 yeah. towards the bitter end and it was rough as hell but the one thing that was really wonderful um, I was teaching a sixth grade applied literacy class three days a week um, and I and my first day of all the classes that I had um, I told them all of my identities I was like I'm white I'm trans I'm non-binary I'm queer I'm neurodiverse and and that was how I like talk to them on the first day because I felt like it was very important for me to acknowledge who I was to show them that I care about their individual identities as well. And that had a huge impact on a lot of kids. Oh, cool. A bunch of queer kids came up to me. A lot of trans kids came up to me in between classes and they were like, thank you for being here. Thank you for like being like the representation that we needed. Like we need more of this. Um, one kid made me a bracelet, like one of those braided Aww. bracelets uh, in the non-binary flag colors. And I, when I tell you that my heart was just so full from all of the, the beauty of like just being myself in, in an authentic way with these kids, like it was wonderful. Now, there are many things wrong with... <laughs> The school system right now with substitute teaching is not a fun time. Um, we have a shortage of substitute teachers. And I had, I had started because I was like, well, I am an educator, um, so let's do it. And let me tell you, I had literal like physical ailments from this job. That That's how stressful it was. Like I would wake up every day, go to bed and wake up every day with a burning sensation in my stomach. It oh. was the worst. Um, Anyways, we could talk about teaching another day. Yeah. But what I, I went to college to be a teacher, so <laughs> we should definitely talk about teaching someday. Yeah. It's a thing. Um, but yeah, I like I, I think it even though I was only there for a month and I do I did feel very guilty about leaving. We talked about it while I was yeah. trying to figure out if I should stay or not. Um ultimately I had to go because I got a new job, but I I mean I was I was so torn because I and they're very good at manipulating you into staying, mm -hmm. but I, I did feel that I was doing something really good just by being there and being like visibly queer. Yeah. Um, I will say though, like once people know that you're trans, uh, they are more, it's, the cis people are so funny. They're more likely <laughs> to misgender you when they know. That's uh, interesting. I wore like a, a, a feminine outfit one day. Uh, I have this really cute jumpsuit that I like to wear. Um, but like, it's very clear that I have nothing in the front of my <laughs> pants, like to, <laughs> um, so yeah, like when they see that they suddenly get like, um, like it in their brain that I am a she, <laughs> even though my oh. mask literally said my pronouns. Um, well, and so I think I, this that... goes into what we were talking about earlier, the pros and cons of being your full identity in the workplace. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But so pro, kids were great. Uh, con, um, uh, uh, trying to literally be your full self is like nearly impossible if you want to like maintain um, people's image, I guess, of who you are, uh, mm -hmm. like upon first meeting them. Like, like it. I, I feel like we always put up a little bit of a front when we first meet someone. Um, I don't. No, I'm too you know, old. I'm too old for that shit. You don't think that you, you, you know, were a type of way when we first met? No. 
Wow, fascinating. I wish. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, wish I have I the luxury I of that. like <laughs> I I have always been this way and my mom said as a kid it was always really difficult because I would just say what I wanted to say first impressions meant nothing to me I'd be like you know if they if they judge me on a first impression that's on them and uh yeah so that's funny I I will say that when we first met it was late at night on a Friday night, so I may mm. have been a little more subdued because of work. Mm. Um, but I wouldn't say I, I front or anything. I I think the only times I actually do that are with, with like, clients. Like, when I have to make money. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, I guess that's a work environment, right? Like, that's yeah. a thing. Like, I'm not showing up. Well, okay, let's get into it then. Like, yeah. I so when I was working at the sexual assault response services of Southern Maine, um, they they I tried to show up as my full self, and they totally used it against me. Um, and and I I I so well, I guess we could talk about tokenization. Um, Tokenization, uh, for those who don't know, basically just means that you're um, using someone's identity to check a box, mm. to um, uh, make sure that you meet your diversity quota, <laughs> um, to you know throw on any task that is related to the identity at that person. Um, so, you know, I was asked to to do some stuff around trans related, gender related work and like it's part of the job anyways like they're a fairly progressive and especially in comparison to other places um uh sex education organization um when it comes to their education department and um so i was totally okay with that i i offered to take on some of that stuff just because i don't necessarily trust the cis people to do it well um but but you know you can't throw that at that person every single time. Um, the same goes with race related stuff. Like, thank goodness that when we started to talk about um, diversity, equity, inclusion, they kept calling it racial justice work, which is not what we were doing. Um, mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I'm glad that they didn't throw it on one of three people of color or no, one of four people of color in our office at that time to to you know head that but also i was like mm, uh, this isn't really this isn't what you think it is um yeah. you're not really doing the job so there's like always that too is that there's the people who are closest to the identity or closest to the issue um shouldn't be forced to do the work but also uh like i it, it doesn't always work out well when they don't <laughs> so um <laughs> well i think yeah. what you're trying to say is um when it comes to diversity training or uh, sexual identity training or anything like that it's good to have people who identify as a voice in the building of the education but right. it shouldn't be the sole shoulder burden of that person who identifies that to be the educator be the curriculum creator be the this be the that it 
it, they should have a voice in it. They should right. definitely be like, yes, no, um, and listen to. Yeah. But yeah, like I, I agree with you 100%. And I did want to say something. This is a little off topic, but you made the comment of like tokenization is like checking the box of diversity. And have you seen the TV show Search Party yet? No, I haven't. Okay, it's fantastic. But um, this is not a plug. They're not sponsoring us, but Search Party (laughs) on HBO Max, please watch it and talk to me about it. Send me a message because I want to talk to people about it. There's this woman, she's a white woman, And she's running for, like, Senate or something in New York. And she goes up to the main character, Dory. And she goes, Dory, I want you to work on my campaign. What ethnicity are you? And she goes, Dory answers. She goes, I'm Iraqi. And she goes, perfect. And then this black guy walks up and she goes, oh, my God, you should work on my campaign, too. I'm going to be honest with both of you. I need the diversity. And and the show's funny. It's like turning it on its head and it makes you cringe. But it also is showing you like this shit still happens with progressive leadership. Not not even as blatantly, but it definitely is a thing that is happening. And I do wonder like – so, okay, so 2020 and 2021, like, people like to call that, like, our our racial reckoning in the U.S., and I cannot say that that is necessarily the truth, but right. um, but we could call it that, sure, sure. And so <laughs> a lot of people of color, especially black people, were starting to be hired for things and, like, being put into positions of power in a lot of ways, which is really great. Um, but I... I don't know if that is necessarily good for them because um, even though they are put into positions or hired in in different positions and getting, you know, better jobs, like, are those workplaces healthy environments for them to be in? Right. Uh, When they actually speak up about, you know, equity and and being treated well in the workplace, are they getting pushback? Is it received? Um, Are they experiencing more burnout and exhaustion because of constantly fighting for the role that they were hired in? You know, it's exactly it's like a what's the term like a double edged sword, you know, like it's it's just it's needed. It's needed to have people with different identities in the workplace with different diversity, different races and all these things. But are they safe? Are they actually given the voice that they were hired to to be? You know, it's like that's a huge issue that I see. Like on TikTok, people talk about it all the time, just these gaps in their workplaces. And I mean, obviously, you and I aren't going to have solutions to that in this episode. But I just like opening the floor to to dialogue about it. Yeah, it's like if you're going to if you're going to put the seat at the table are you allowing people at that table to be heard are you giving them a place setting are you giving them you know a moment to actually uh uh you know are you are you yeah are you giving them a chance to just speak at the table like it can't just be a chair you know yeah trying to like broaden this metaphor more and I can't really think of anything good but you know that's like that's really the basis of it it's like and is is what they're saying at the table being received you know it can't just be yeah we'll listen but not do anything about it and 
and you can take this out if you if you want to, but it makes me think about a conversation you and I have had many times where you you write articles and you write articles and you write articles and what was happening with that um, one company is they would always assign the same like trans issues to you, the same, you know, issues. <sighs> yeah. And it was always your burden to watch these videos and report on it or read yeah. the story and report on it. And it was never a question of, are you okay reading this stuff of what's happening to your community and reporting right. on it? It was just like, oh, you're trans. You you have the voice. Right. And and, and I and the, that was a we can talk about this on the pod. That's that's good. It's yeah. because part of me is like, yeah, I should be the one writing it. Like, I not that I feel obligated, but I feel like if anybody's going to write on it, like I'm going to know what resources to add to the page. I'm going to know where to find the the best information on whatever subject. And I feel good about that. However, when I was getting so many horrible, horrible headlines to write about and and then like it just was so depressing and then I got one on like the first I was so burnt out and so tired and then I got it on like the first day of pride month I was like I literally can't I I emailed them I was like I can't take these anymore and I took a break and they were okay with that okay but it was and and they they do say they did I I kind of probably made it out to seem like they weren't conscientious of this they did say like if there's anything you don't want to write about let us know but it's but it wasn't on them to check in. It was on me to tell them when I couldn't do it anymore, which I think is hard for a lot of people. Yeah, um, well, and especially to speak up and say no. <laughs> yeah, and and it's grind culture right now, and yeah. it's hard to find work. Even though there's like jobs everywhere, it's still hard to find work, and yeah. it's hard to turn down money. And mm-hmm. and I feel like if you're assigning difficult tasks to your writers you should be the one checking in with your writers like hey you did a lot of really heavy work these last few months are you good to do more do you want some fluff pieces do you want to you know yeah I feel like it being on the writer is um you know like the the balance is off it's like when when someone in power is is requesting things of someone who doesn't have the power it's just a balance that's not it's just not always easy. Yeah. Yeah, it's not. And 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 so, yeah, any employers out there, make sure you're checking in on your workers. And it that was that is an even harder situation because I only email these people. I don't have meetings with them. I don't see them on a daily basis. I don't work in an office with any of them. We yeah. only communicate via email. And sometimes emailing is really hard. Yeah. Uh, especially <laughs> for people who are neurodiverse who like or, you know, I have ADHD, I have rejection sensitivity dysphoria, which I think I talked about that on another mm-hmm. episode um, last season. So go check that out. Listen um, to season one. Yeah. Um, but like, it just makes it harder to know what it is that I'm reading and what the tone is and like how I should be taking the, the information in. Um, yeah. Like people joke about ending an email with an exclamation point or like putting them sporadically throughout your email it really makes a difference (laughs) like (laughs) like tone is so so different in an email um when you're adding certain punctuation or spacing like I just 
I, I for me personally, I, I do need the exclamation point to know that you're yeah. not like upset. <laughs> well, and <laughs> Sorry. I, I agree with you 100%. I, I would not categorize myself as neurodiverse. I, I have certain tendencies, but I think there's overlap no matter what. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But when it comes to emails and texts and tone, um, if I'm in a flare up, for example, and my condition is bad health wise, I cannot I cannot read anything without thinking it's anger or mm-hmm. hatred because mm-hmm. that's all I'm feeling in the moment of just like being sick. It's like, oh, no one likes me. No one, you know, because I'm just sick. And then, um, so what I do, <laughs> please put exclamation points. I put exclamation points. I'm so excited to work with you. That's that's the tone, but I put an exclamation point because I want people to know that it is a happy thing, you mm-hmm. know. And and also when I write emails to my clients, um, I tend to smile at my computer while I write it because I've noticed a difference in how I proofread it. Wow. Yeah. And so, and I do that because I have been accused of being a bully in emails. <laughs> and I'm just like, it's a fucking email. Like, you know, it's, yeah. and, but, but I understand. You're on the other end of it, yes. it really does make a difference. Yeah. But so I never I, thought about smiling at my computer like that. That's really cool. Yeah. So I smile, I smile when I text, like, like if I'm not feeling good and I, I don't want to be a rude bitch, I'll like smile while I text and um, it helps. Okay, let's do an outro. Oh, okay. Goodbye. <laughs> not quite. Fuck all y'all. <laughs> no, we love our listeners. We don't want you to listen to us anymore ever again. <laughs> This is reverse psychology. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Um, I don't think that's how that works. That's not how that works. No. I do want to say we're also not sponsored by this, but Bubbly Brand um, sparkling water. (laughs) Oh, my God. The watermelon flavor. I swear to God. It's so good. So Bubbly Brand. We can't keep giving out this free, free (laughs) non-spawn con. Come on. Also, Purple Mattress. I love you. Um, Oh, my God. No. (laughs) Not at all. <laughs> but if you want to support us, um, yes. we are going to be streaming on Twitch. Yay! Um, so you can find us. Uh, there's going to be a link in the description of this episode. There will be uh, links in our link tree if you go to our social medias. Tell them where we can where we can be found. Yeah, you can find us on Instagram and TikTok. You can't be sick on Mondays. You can also email us at you can't be sick on Mondays at gmail.com. If you do watch Search Party and you want to talk to me about it, please send me a DM. Also, if you like this podcast and want to talk to either of us about identity, identity in the workplace, if you have questions, we can always do a part two to this at some point. We we didn't even cover all of our notes. Um, oh, yeah. So yeah, just send us your questions. If you're interested in being a guest, we have a link below. You can fill out a form. We'll schedule time to meet and we'll record. It'll be super fun. So what else, Samson? Um, just, just thank you so much for listening to us. Um, we really appreciate everybody who, who follows our content and who follows um, what we've been up to. Um, and yeah, we hope to do so much more this season. Um, so stay tuned. 
we do have some potential guests coming on pretty soon, so get ready for that. Um, you might be seeing some bonus episodes at some point too, so stay tuned for that. Just some some brief content we didn't get to post last season, which we yeah. love. Um, and yeah, thank you, thank you all so much. Um, what's our outro with hate and darkness? In no, order, in, in order, order. Yeah, you, you go say ahead. it. I can't. Oh. <laughs> In order to restore balance in the world with hatred and darkness, we hope you have a terrible, terrible day. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> horrible Monday. Yeah, Monday. You, Garfield, loves lasagna. <laughs> lasagna? Yeah, you know, Garfield hates Mondays, loves lasagna. Oh, 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 oh. The okay. cat, the orange yes. cat. Yes, no, I, I, now I know what you're talking about. I yeah, not really, Andrew Garfield. All I heard was lasagna. Anyways, bye. I'm stopping this. Bye. Should I let them know I'm under the influence of Benadryl? I guess you can. It's <laughs> I took those bennies. That's what a benny is, right? Benadryl. <laughs> oh my gosh. Turns out all those songs about bennies is just actually people taking allergy thousands medicine. Of Benadryls. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. Anyways, medication people take it responsibly. <laughs>